Hello, everybody, and welcome back to that Milan podcast. After a short absence, so much has happened in that time, but we would love to thank you for all the support that you guys have given us over the past few months since we started this. Obviously, like, subscribe to the channel. Um, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, as you can see, that Milan podcast. I'm Martino Puccio. Matt Santangelo is back with us. Everybody was asking for you yesterday on the live stream, so we got you back in here. Why is someone calling me at this point in time? But go for it. Um, yeah, so, so I mean, if you want to track back a little bit to the Udinese match, because we didn't have you on for that one, um, just kind of talk about the buildup with that, the absences, the loss at home, and then what happened yesterday. Yeah, I mean, the, the Udinese match was a disaster, um, to say the least. It was basically everything I was expecting, but I was hoping for the opposite. Um, just based on the experiences we've had with them over recent years. I know they didn't have Bekao and you know, Delafeu and some of the, the guys that have always haunted us. Uh, DePaul, obviously, he's moved on. But um, they just seem to, whatever reason, once they're on the fixture list, we look at them and we're like, I don't feel good about it. Were you them. worried the second Sotil got sacked? Because I was. I was like, did this oh, always Oh, I was like, Chalfi's going to come in. They're going to get a reaction and – Away the manager always gets sacked ahead of Milan, no matter the team. I, why is it always us? It's a science. It like- it's a it's a science. It's science with them. And look, I think they're they're they feel like they've been playing the same brand of football for a decade now. <laughs> yes. um, no disrespect to them. It's just kind of like what you'd expect from them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a team that hasn't in, prior to that point had not won a league match along with Salernitana, who are the, now the last team to uh, to be winless in the league. Um, and then you came into this match with the injuries. You came in with the projected 11. And then we saw the 11 with Jovic, Giroud up top, Leao and Musa as your sort of flanking options. Yeah. And from the onset, I had this feeling. I was like, yeah, this is not going to be the one we want. And sure enough, of course, uh, Milan lose. I mean, I think there's really more I can add to it. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, you guys see the, the, the bottom line here, right? We just came off a very crucial i mean absolutely crucial we had to have a win here yeah just get right in a lot um against a good psg side who just thrashed us a couple weeks prior we had to have a win and we got it so let's let's talk about that yeah so again um heading into this one backs against the wall Mm -hmm. really you lose this the odds of advancing out of the group are incredibly low because that puts psg um at a a really high number i think they would have been nine points i have it on the bottom right here of, of what the standings look like right now and the funny thing is, and I tweeted this out, Milan actually played very well in three of the four matches in this. I know I know, we left a lot to be desired in terms of finishing with the first two matches. The beatdown against PSG, like there's no coming back from that. There's nothing to discuss We like we did on, the, on this show. But to have that as the bounce back game where Donnarumma is returning, they have the dollars ready to go, the fake money. Um, and all of that, and and you get Teo Hernandez back, who obviously missed over the weekend, Pulisic as well, lost his cheek back in a Champions League match. We missed him the past two because he wasn't there for PSG or the Dortmund match. I mean, his absence was significant. Um, you just see it's a night and day difference between the midfield that allows Rinders to do so many other different things, and got to give it up to our guy, Yunus Musa. I mean, seriously, the second that even Ruben went down, he was the one that was called upon to step up in this spot. And he basically took away Krunic's spot. He has more trust than Adley has at this moment in time as well. Pobega even. Musa just soared up the pecking order when it comes to 
uh, midfielders that are trusted by Pioli. And man, did he repay that trust? Because I mm-hmm. thought yesterday too, again, ball carrying was bad. I mean, ball carrying was the topic in this one. I mean, because that, that tweet I had with Ruben went, went a little viral there. And his uh, strength and conditioning coach said Ruben saw the video and he laughed at it. So so that's pretty cool. So it's a quick shout out to Ruben for that one. Um, but I think personally, this is the guy I want to talk about the most. Um, you know, when you sign that contract, Matt, you are the guy. You're the Serie A MVP, top goal scorer last year for Milan, um, a record year for him. Mm-hmm. A lot of scrutiny, whether it's the media, the fans. Um, we see the vis- visible frustrations in the match against Napoli. Scores a bicycle kick finally. Our guy finally does it too, because that's something that's been uh, eluding him for for a little bit while. Well, he did it against Roma. Yeah, well, you see, I I consider a bicycle kick more of an overhead kick instead of like yeah. kind of like a side one. Yeah, semantics at this yeah. point. I don't want to do that, but you get it. Um, but yeah, I mean, he played well that entire match, and, and I tweeted just one of the five best performances I can remember because this is a complete performance. It might not be the best offensive performance, but we're talking about work rate, passing, because um, he created plenty of opportunities as well. Mm-hmm. I think Loftus-Cheek hit one on his left foot. It, it, it should have been better than it was, but my God, this this is what we want. And I think this is kind of what a lot of people were expecting or hoping from him. Mm-hmm. For me, I don't rip him as much. I know you don't really as well because, like, how much can you really ask from the guy? But, wow, 10 out of 10. Man of the match award as well. I'll, I'll bring up the picture while you go and discuss it. But your thoughts on his performance? Um, it was exceptional. Um, and I think, you know, this was something I surmised in my, you know, my rematch, uh, rewatch of the match yesterday. Um, I was kind of going through. I watched it live, but I was wanted to kind of break it down and kind of be a little bit more dissecting of like individual players and how they performed. Um, I know Ruben Loftus-Cheek was like the talk of Twitter, and rightfully so. He had a monster performance in the midfield, like just resisting pressure, everyone trying to get the ball from him, winning fouls. I mean, this guy was doing everything. But you know, on the topic of Leao, um, there's been this narrative that you know he hasn't quite delivered at the highest level against the big teams in the champions league now we have watched him enough to know that that's not entirely true and he had the moments against napoli last year in the champions league um the intergame was an outlier because no one was performing he was kind of banged up as well um Mm -hmm. so you know it's it's hard to ask much more from a player that released at at, on many occasions is really the only option that and only threat we have um, and that's kind of been the theme the past you know, three, four games yeah. with this little mini skid we've been in. Um, but on layout, you know, he gets the goal, right? He gets a gets a a Champions League goal, a crucial goal against a top team and the team that is at the top of the group. So now it's he gets that off his back, right? Yeah. And you know, look, I think he's a player that you know, you know, it's pretty apparent that he's maybe been down on confidence. Um, I think that was his first goal in ten matches. For club and country, I think the last goal he had prior to yesterday yeah, I get was twenty third yeah, against Verona. Um, so for him to get a goal of that magnitude and the the fact the manner in which we responded was so key because I think we started pretty well. Skriniar gets the goal, and now you're like, all right, now we're down already. The fact mm-hmm. that we didn't have it linger, and minutes later we were able to get them Four and minutes. get that back to being level. I think that gave us such an injection of confidence and energy. To say, okay, we're in this game. Like we're created a ton of chances. Musa had a chance. You know, you know, seconds. Yeah, that was that was the other chance. Yeah. So when you look at everything that Leao was offering, this was 
I, I, in my eyes, you can make a case that this was his premier, his best Champions League performance. For oh, yeah, I, I would the, agree the, with the, that. The significance of it, the demand of what we were asking of him to do, um, and the fact that he got that goal and he did so many other things. Defensively, he was – let's talk about how good he was defensively, how he was playing on both sides of the pitch and tracking back, and he had a couple slide tackles and was really doing a lot of the extra work that we were um, hoping to see um, You know, at, you know with, with his maturity, right, be a little bit more of a defensive contributor and – you know, look, the the way the game played out yesterday, we 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 sacrificed a lot. We sacrificed a ton of energy. We exhausted ourselves beyond measure. We you know we had players that were visibly tired, but the 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 unifying performance off the back of some of these more suspect and miserable performances, especially the Udinese one, um, a credit to the guys. You know, I think you know, you look at what Leao was offering, you look at Loftus Cheek, you look at Musa. You look at yeah. even Davide Calabria, who, you know, is a is an easy target and a lot of times is a scapegoat because he is the captain and he has been very outspoken of late. Fantastic. But he had a very good performance too. Tomori, the way he's becoming such a great leader. Tomori, in Tomori's been a 10 out of 10 outside what? Like one game? He's been he's been sensational. And you know, Giroud delivering in that moment, right? Just screen oh, up yeah. switches off. And you know, you see Leal. Leal had a good, a decent look there. So it, it was a great performance. Um, and we looked to the stars to kind of carry us and get us over the edge. And Leal's a star and he delivered a top performance yesterday. Yeah, and one thing we even omitted there, um, should have been a red card on Skriniar yeah. after he was driving down the pitch as well. I mean, just to, just to have that type of thing. And you mentioned big stars. There was no bigger star moment than this when Manyan had that save on Kylian Mbappe. I mean, seriously, Mbappe uh, threw on goal. It's like anytime you see Messi or something like that, it's very – and Cristiano Ronaldo even falls under this umbrella. You're just like, all right, it's automatic. That one's in, Right. Not the case here. I think this is more credit to Manyan for making himself so big as a goalkeeper. You know, that's yeah. what they teach you fundamentally. Pushing out towards the box and really making Mbappe have that decision that needed to be decisive. And Manyan stepped up, and that's why he is, in my opinion, the best goalkeeper in the world. And I just want to give his kudos there. I thought he was fantastic all evening as well. You can't really fault him at all for that goal. That was just completely despicable marking. Um and then even then, outside of that, with this defense that you highlighted and you mentioned this, almost every single person, Teo Hernandez, I will say, a little bit shaky in the mm -hmm. first half, completely turned it around in the second. Really yeah. happy for him there. That assist, it, again, I, I watched that uh, goal to Giroud so many times. The perfect second touch that he got. I mean, sorry, it was the first touch where he just pushes the ball a little bit forward and then that in-swinging cross to Giroud who dunks on Milan Skriniar. I mean... Me again, this this really felt like all hands on deck type of performance yeah. here that we need everybody's best game and best energy for this. And they delivered with that. Uh, honestly, I'm more impressed with anyone than Calabria. I thought Calabria, to me, yeah. with expectations and where players have been in terms of form, Calabria for me, I, I was really happy yeah. for him. You know, like I, you know, I could be harsh. You know, I, I'm critical of players when they play poorly, but this one was, you can't knock him. And for some reason, Calabria, and I said this on stream yesterday, I don't know if you agree with this. He seems to raise his game in the bigger matches and he plays himself down in other types of games. But, Which is but yesterday, the theme of no this squad is though, right? Like we, we play up to our opponents, at least generally speaking, when we've since under being under Pioli, where we're like, okay, we have to get something from Napoli. We have to get something from Inter. We have to get something from Juve over the years. And we 
we have, like in more, more or less we have, right? Inter aside, they obviously have our number. But when we've absolutely had to have something, we we tend to rise to the occasion. It's weird because I think, you know, you look at the performances against um, PSG away, then you look at the performances kind of in between that with Napoli, you're squandering that 2-0 advantage, the uh, loss to Juventus, the loss to Udinese, and you kind of scratch your head because, you know, with this team, with their 11, right, like you just played, you outplayed PSG at your yard with some injuries, like with some injuries in bad form, with a lot of pressure, with in, in a must-win game, and you're able to deliver that performance it makes it like it's it's great that we were able to put up that performance, but it makes it also really frustrating in the aftermath. Like, why does it take us this type of uh, opponent for us to play high and to to be confident? I think. Is it, be, do you think it's a con- conservation of energy? I think that's where maybe we we are missing Ibrahimovic, truthfully. And I think that's something yeah, that you have to look at to Stefano Pioli, who yesterday did the job with his selections. Tactically, we were right. Like so. This yeah. idea that I can't come on here and even be on Twitter and say Pioli did a good job in this game, but then the week prior I can criticize him for the things he did and didn't do against Udinese and some of the previous opponents is silly to me. If you're going to criti- criticize a player for what he does great or when he does poorly, you can do the opposite. I think that's pretty fair. And yeah. I think when, when you look at the performance we had as a collective from a coaching standpoint, from a tactical standpoint, from a player performance standpoint, Maybe we are missing Ibrahimovic to in those in those moments and in those games where okay, it's not PSG, it's not Napoli away, it's not these sort of opponents where we have to say, hey guys, stay locked in, stay switched on because these teams will humble you. The Leches of the world will humble you. Now okay. that's another conversation, right? How we'll, are we we'll get into to, that after. Yeah. How are we going to play against them? Are we going to build off this, or are we going to play down to a team that we all know what they're going to? pretty much going to come out at, at us with. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's what makes it more frustrating. We know we're capable of really good performances, but we need to keep it there. We need to be able to go and assert our dominance in some of these matches against some of the Serie A sides because yeah. I think we're truthfully, we're right there as being one of the best teams in Serie A. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't think people can deny it at that point. Um, you know, it was highlighted, you know, because of this whole Pioli thing, wanting yeah. him out or not. I'm not in favor of doing it midseason. I don't think it was going to happen. I said it's not going to happen yeah. because of so many different reasons. Everyone was roasting me when I was saying, like, hey, look, they're still technically alive in the group. Like, why would they Why would they make a rash right. decision as such? And then, look, they end up winning. And put it this way, for the scenarios for Milan, if they win out, they're through. Um, whether or not they win the group is contingent upon what PSG ends up doing. But if, if they get, get out of both, this group, but if they get both wins, they're through. You um, get out of this so group. Job well done. So, so again, with Newcastle, tons of injuries, Tonali out. They're mm-hmm. having some issues there. Dortmund, they played great against them, but now they have to come back to San Siro. We'll see how that goes. Our guy, would you have said outside of Lau, man in the match for Ruben Loftus Cheek? Because I think this was really just a purely physically dominant performance from him. And to be quite honest with you, this year, he's a top three Milan player when he's on the pitch. Saj mentioned this, uh, Saturnian, um, that we all know and love, mentioned the amount of points that Milan accumulate when RLC is in the lineup. And again, it's reflective in the Champions League. When he plays, Milan do well. When he's in Serie A, Milan do very well. A little shaky when he's not there. So this performance from him, just fantastic. 
Absolutely. Um, complete dominance in the midfield. Um, Emery and the like trying to take the ball from him, and he was just – they were bouncing off him. He was like, you're not getting this ball. You're either going to – you're either going to bounce off me and I'm going to continue to charge forward or you're going to have to hack me down and you're going to give me a free kick. That's pretty much the two options that PSG had with them when Pio and uh, the Sheik was in possession, yeah. right? So uh, a, a monster performance, uh, to say the least. And again, when we had to have it, there's something to be yeah. said about when you bring a player like that who has a wealth of experience. You know, he's he was a regular in the Champions League with, when he was with Chelsea. So he's a man for these moments. He, he you know, thrives for these yep. UCL nights. And, you know, when you, when you put him into this midfield, man, it kind of just completely opens up the playbook and it allows you to be a little bit more expansive. You know, it takes a little bit of the pressure off um, Reinders, but it also takes the pressure off Musa because he knows he has another ball carrying threat and someone that you know can win the ball and in, in the midfield can win fouls, can slow the game down, you know, speed the game up when you need to. And, you know, he had so many runs into the final third yesterday as well, where you're just, he's picking up the ball deep, and it's those types of moments. And then when he gets fouled and the fans are rallying around that and they're energized and they're lively, it, it galvanizes the entire team, right? Like, I know people will look at individual quality of players and you need to have this, this, and this. But I, I'm, a, I'm a believer. I'm a main proponent in, you know, uh, players that can, you know, bring that sort of energy and how it sort of trickles down and, and cascades to the rest of the team. And he had so many moments yesterday where I saw that, seemed to be one of those things where like they were rallying around Lubin Loftus cheek because yeah. he was getting the plaudits on the broadcast, but the fans were like absolutely cheering him on the entire time. And that was a, that's a classic champions league performance from a, a true professional who knows how to play under pressure. He was injured. He talked about it in the, in the, um, in the post yeah, in the interview with CBS, uh, how difficult it was for him being for out him to for be juggling long. different roles and not really knowing where he was going to be playing on a given match day. And Pioli's put him in a position where he knows what his assignment is on a, on a given day. He knows yeah. what he has to do. He knows where he has to be. And I yeah. think it brings him comfort and allows the players around him to mm -hmm. know, okay, I know where Ruben's going to be. Okay, I know where I got to be. I know what assignments I have to stick to. And you see how cohesive that midfield was. That midfield three, I think you can make the case – you know, you mentioned Leal, you mentioned Giroud, you mentioned defensively. More times than not, a lot of these matches are won in the midfield, and our midfield bossed it. So credit to them. Yeah, absolutely. We have to. We can't. We can't Last not. Point, you have to do it. It's, well, before Lecce. So shout out to Ali for giving this to us. Um, this is obviously not Ali, considering the, the nail there. Um, but there you go. Mercenary, Dalaruma, 71, which um, was highlighted yesterday on stream by many people in saying that uh, it defines a man without honor. Uh, mm. So obviously this is deep-rooted. I kind of gave the whole chronological order on TikTok. I gave it so many different times. We even discussed his return with Tom Skulls. Mm -hmm. Basically what I said was literally spot on as to what was going to happen. He was going to have a fantastic reactionary save, which he did on Noah Okafor. He was really good. Really it really was incredible. And, you know, I don't have this hatred towards Gijo. I just don't appreciate the lying in uh, about the timeline and the story about what actually happened. And I think Enzo Royola does a really terrible job of kind of discussing what that is. He returns um, for the first time to face Milan at San Siro. Not his first game back at San Siro since yeah. leaving Milan. The first time facing Milan. That's a very important part in all of this, right? Because... 
the fans haven't had a true chance rooting for Milan with him facing them. I'm sure there was a wealth of emotions for him in this. Um, he's still a fan of the club. We all know that. Whether you love the guy or not, or you have disdain for him, you know that that's fine. It's your opinion as a fan. I, I don't truly see it like that. I think it's a player that you know contributed very well for us. He got his money. He he wants that as his priority. PSG is a big club. They win trophies. He's won trophies already over there. Um, you know, fair play to him. But for my issue that we've said for so many years since that contract renewal when we started doing podcasts in 2017 is. If you have clear intentions, back them up. Don't say one thing and then do another, right? Um, that's kind of the issue I think a lot of supporters had with him. Um, it's not so much of like, hey, if you wanted money, you go and leave. We've seen players do that in the past. Frank Kessie, most recent. Mm -hmm. um, if you're honest with your intentions, I don't think people really could rip you for it. It's a little different because the dynamic that he grew up a fan of the club Grew up in the Primavera system, debuted at 16, was phenomenal, helped them get back into the Champions League, got paid handsomely. His brother did as well. Family members, it's all been well documented. Um, this type of reception, I mean, if you're surprised by it, you don't pay attention. I'm sorry. Seriously, like the amount of people that are like, oh, they're not over this and that. Well, when was the opportunity for the fan base to get over it yet, right? Technically time, right? But when has he ever come back to really do something, right? Like Inter fans got their revenge on Lukaku almost immediately because mm -hmm. they faced Roma, right? It's not like this slow burning candle over time. Like we have to wait for him to come back. Like he doesn't play in Serie A. So how are Milan fans supposed to do anything in terms of a welcome? Uh, so for me, you know, it is what it is. The reception was very funny. I think it actually got to him. I think he made a mistake on that layout goal. you got to parry that ball away from that. You mm. don't have it where it drops in front. And he also overcommits on the save there too, or the shot where he goes past where the ball ends up going into the back of the net. I mean, your thoughts on his return, his legacy, your thoughts on the curva with this. Uh, what, what does Santangelo think? Um, I mean, I thought he played pretty well. I don't yeah, think he was bad. Awful, yeah. Like, I, I, I would, I'm inclined to agree on your your stance on the the layout goal, right? I think he probably could have gotten rid of that. I mean, he had to come down pretty quickly to get that, and he's a big guy, so he carries a lot of size. So for yeah. him to get down as quick as he did to to keep that one out, it's not easy. No. Um, so I, I think it, more so with the whole situation, um, it's. Look, I think this was kind of the the one moment where, yes, I would agree with you. They haven't really had the chance to, all right, like we want to be vocal. We want to make our presence known and felt and our feelings felt about the entire matter. And, you know, yes, Twitter and all these sorts of things. And maybe in you know, what the media is putting out as far as like the, the Kudva's stance, the ultra stance. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, being present in that stadium and having you know, every time he got the ball, the whistles and the money being thrown at him. Um, I think it was kind of like, okay, like we we need this moment. We need this opportunity to show him how he really felt um, in that moment when he did leave and he did go through the entire, you know, saga with his contract. Um, but I think now it feels like it's probably the time to just absolutely move on. Um, I think, you know, well, we, is, yeah. we don't play them anymore, um, at least in the group. The two matches are done. Um, we, we got our moment at San Siro. We got the win. So I think it obviously makes it much sweeter in his 
homecoming. But at the end of the day, I think, you know, look, I think you could say Manon was the better better goalkeeper on the day, no doubt. Um, Absolutely. He's been a great goalkeeper for us since we moved on from Gigio. Um, and I'm ready to keep it pushing. I think it was funny. I think that these, um, you know, these sort of moments in sport make it interesting. I think it wasn't anything over the top, you know. You never want to see r- racial slurs, you know, when it comes yeah. to like, player returning. But if this is what they're doing, I don't, I don't have a problem with it. I don't think it's completely, you know, like wow, this is terrible. This is what they're doing to this player is terrible. I think it makes sport fun and unique. Um, and yeah, that's that's really all I have. I mean, you know. And then, then just to just to on that point of making it unique. So shout out to IFTV for this. I thought this was fucking phenomenal. Excuse my language, but this is so if you get the Matrix reference where there's a gun being pointed at you and then they had Neo as the T incredible and they literally dodged the bullet of being fatally knocked out of the Champions League. I think there's a lot of poetic justice in that sense. Lecce Milan. Um, Pulisic is okay. As we mentioned, this is the match ahead in the weekend against one of the weaker sides in the league. We know they were giant slayers last year in Serie A. Milan have this match before another international break, which we all love so much. Um, I guess I'm expecting more or less the same lineup going into here. Maybe Krunic gets a start uh, in the midfield. Maybe Pulisic gets some rest. Uh, we don't really know his status just as of right now during this recording, guys, uh, around like 1.30 in the afternoon on Wednesday. I'm in New York. So, again, we truly don't know what's going to happen with that. Maybe Chukwese gets some time. He didn't feature at all yesterday. Uh, but, yeah, again, must win. Have to get the three points. You drop three points against Udinese. Um, Inter already six points ahead in the Campionato at this point. Got to win. Yeah. <clears throat> Without question, this has to be a must win. You need to return to winning ways in the league. Um you know, I think the last league win we had was Genoa, if I'm correct, right? Because we lost to Juventus yeah. at the break. We blew it against Napoli. We lost to Udinese. Correct. You you can't possibly put out the performance you did last night um, at San Siro against PSG in a must-win situation and then go shit the bed against Lecce days later. You, you absolutely can't. Like, you can't do that. I'm not saying they won't do it or will do it. I'm not saying one of the two. I'm just saying from a psychological standpoint and from a seasonal objective standpoint and also morale standpoint, you can't possibly go and have a stinker against Lecce and not get three points. Do you, do you, I know we exhausted a lot. I know we exhausted a lot in the PSG game, Yeah, but you know, to your point, Pulisic is doubtful, probably not going to be featuring. I I would be stunned if they risk him at this point. I don't know what the diagnosis is, what the you know, injury the, issue the, is. Yeah, point. It's, it's no like long-term injury. Yeah, I think it, like he might be. Look, if, if he was to get an injury, this is probably the best time to get it. I know that sounds mm. terrible, but we do yeah. have an international break. Yeah, I know what you're saying. So you bring Chukweze, who I was surprised actually didn't come on a bit earlier, given that Pulisic just came back from an injury. We exhausted a lot in the match yesterday um i would have i mean hindsight's 2020 it's not like there was any noticeable you know issues with pulisic and then he risked them but at the same time i think you know purely could have maybe done a little bit better job of saying hey like this i think, is, I think he absolutely could have let's I think put on a lot of in the final 15 um nevertheless um I, I do think if i'm gonna give you like my 
outlook and overall prediction on the game, I think we do come back with a professional performance. I'm not mm-hmm. saying we're going to absolutely thrash Lecce because um, I, I respect the opponents. I respect that on any given match day, this Milan team can be bested because we've seen it pretty frequently over the years. Um, but I do think we'll put in a professional performance and I think we'll we'll win 2-0. Yeah, it's just... I think I, I'm buying into the morale being sky high after that. Um, yeah. Good amount of days in between. Um, let me let me officially check when the date is for this one. But obviously, me with Milan playing on uh, Tuesday, they play. Okay, so Saturday 9 a.m. games. So we got to get up early for this one. I mean, it's some decent rest. Uh, we'll we'll see where he goes with this. I think it's largely going to be the same eleven that we start outside Pulisic. Um, I don't I don't see too many changes coming yeah. from Pioli, especially with the break um, and the must-have three points. Again, this one is going to be on the road as well. So, yeah, I mean, listen, must win. Lecce haven't won a game in their past five. Uh, obviously, just choke that one to Roma over the weekend. I'm not sure if you saw that. Yeah. Um, they got eliminated from Coppa Italia against Parma, who Parma looking pretty damn good in Serie B, by the way. So we might see them come back up. Um, Kyle, I got to see more Kyle Krauss content. I love, I love whenever he talks. Calcio is the way he says it, but anyways, um, any final things before we wrap up here, we appreciate all the support as usual guys, that Milan podcast on Spotify, Apple, um, rate us five stars, listen the entire episode. And again, if you're here on YouTube, like the video comment, uh, subscribe. If you have not already, if you're new to us, um, man, I'm going to put your stuff on the bottom here. Any future projects coming? No, I should have some Serie A fantasy content coming out over the next couple of days before the weekend. So be on the lookout for that and just some weekly articles probably for Football Italia or Milan reports that I'll be cooking up in the uh, weeks to come during international break. So, Yep. Um, and again, like usual, at Martino Puccio for this, SemperMilan.com uh, for all the other video stuff that you might be interested in, Instagram, TikTok. Tick- my TikTok's been going crazy recently. I've had a bu- I've had to retell the story of Donnarumma, so it's getting a lot of views now. Um, but again, uh, damn, we got to go to international break and watch Italy. Apparently, reports of Jorginho coming. But uh, we'll see how that goes. Again, we appreciate you guys so much. Any final words, Matt, before we head out here and end this? No, yeah. Thanks for the support. And, um, yeah, if you haven't already done so, like, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Like, subscribe, give us a rating, follow, all that good stuff on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And, um, yeah, we appreciate the, the support we continue to get here. Yeah. All right, guys. Take care.